Hello there, folks. It's time for the greatest fitness podcast on the planet. Presenting you with a Northerner, a Southerner, and an Irishman talk fitness. Three men that share the same mission of helping people around the world live healthier and happier lives without the need for fad diets, whilst still being able to enjoy a nice cold beer. Without further ado, I introduce to you Crabby, Dale, and James. Grab yourself a cold beer, and remember, folks, get busy living or get busy dying. Welcome to another episode of A Northerner, A Southerner, and An Irishman Talk Fitness. In today's episode, which was recorded as a Facebook Live, we talk about how you can create your own accountability. But as a side note to that, how you might consider hiring your own coach and the benefits of that. We also get to talk about programming your workouts so that you can make your workouts progressive but also keep them interesting and innovative. And then lastly, we talk about how you can make sure that you're drinking enough water if you're one of those people who struggle with that. So we really hope you enjoy the episode. Remember, if you hit the show notes, be sure to click on the link to get your early bird tickets for the seminar that we're running in Birmingham on the 21st of March called The Secret to Weight Loss for Life. We really, really hope to see you there. So enjoy the episode and we'll talk to you soon. Good evening, everyone. Welcome. I hope you've got your beers. I'm back on the Guinness tonight. Um, I'm, I'm alongside my good friend, Krabby. Uh, we're just waiting on the maestro, Dale Wallace, to join us, but he should be on a little bit later. He's just a little bit late getting out of work. Krabby, how are you? Sticky, mate. As I said to you before, very sticky. Uh, I'm not, as I said, I'm not complaining because the weather's nice, but Jesus Christ, I... I want to literally be wearing nothing, to be honest. <laughs> if I was to be brutally honest. But no, mate, I'm all good, thank you. Um, weather has been really good. Had a couple of days off with, uh, you probably saw with Amber, down in Arundel, which is really good. Um, but come back, to be honest, feeling like, like August, mate. Like, there are, I have a birthday weekend every weekend, including mine, my sisters, my dads, and then like five, six other friends at least. Um, so it's a really busy month, but you're all um, about that flexible dieting this month. Oh, mate, yeah, I, I'm not gonna lie. I, I, I've had, yeah, so let's be full disclosure I've had a drink every night since last Tuesday, to be fair. <laughs> um, which I'm, it's not something I'm gonna be, I'm gonna sustain because I, I know, holidays, I know, huh? You were on holidays for a while, though, exactly. Um, so no, mate, I, I'm all good. My end, I know when to rein in and stuff, and um, yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, not, it's not too bad. How about you, mate? I'm good, good. We're kind of, we're warm over here too, but not to the same level as you guys. Um, uh, we, to be fair, we did have a, th- um, we had a thunderstorm today for like 15 seconds. Like full on, you know, like tropical thunderstorm. Yeah, yeah. Like, where the hell does this come from? Like, like literally saturation. Um, <laughs> other than that, mate, no, it's been good. Cool. 
Um, so we're going to free ball it tonight. Uh, we have a few questions lined up from um, the likes of stuff that come up from clients or stuff we've seen on Instagram. And we're just going to basically talk shit about it. And if anyone has any questions that they want to ask in the meantime, be sure to shoot them down below. Um, so I'm going to get straight into it and ask Krabby a question. And this is, it's more, it's not really something that came up with anyone in particular, but it's, it's, you know, I think people in the gym kind of struggle with this idea of, you know, doing the same exercises consistently because perhaps they find that doing the same program for weeks on end can get a little bit boring. So, you know, if you want to progress with your squat, say, you know, you're going to have to squat, you know, two times a week or two or two or three times a week. Um, yeah. And I just wanted to get Krabby's sort of um, opinion on how you can switch up training programs to still progress in the gym, but to make sure that you're not getting bored of your program every few weeks. So, Krabby, you take it off and give your thoughts on that. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I think this is definitely a common problem, especially when people are starting out because everyone loves variety and no one likes to get bored. And I think that's the reason why a lot of people don't adhere to a program because they're not getting results is because they're changing it up too much. Uh, don't get me wrong, there needs to be some sort of consistency in your program, especially as a beginner. If you're not used to the movements and you're changing it up all the time, then you, you definitely aren't going to get the results you want. So you're going to have to stick with it at the start, I'd say. Now, I'm going off that the person that asked this probably isn't a beginner. Are they? Um, no, they would be training quite a while. Yeah, training quite a while. So you've got license to change the program up more often. I, you know, For example, like a beginner, again, to get used to the movements, should be doing it for definitely more than four to five weeks, that program with progressive overload. And then someone that's more conditioned, like all of my clients and myself, probably do like a four, maybe five-week program before we change it. Now, within that four to five-week program, you want main compound lifts as staple movements. So you want your squats, your hip hinge, you know, upper push, upper pull. Um, and they're the ones that I base my workouts around and you know, abide by them and follow them for the four to five weeks or whatever. I think that the compound lift should stay very similar at the start. And then at the end, what's called isolation work. So like things like your buys, your tries, your added on core. I think you could tweak that up almost like every week if you wanted to. Obviously making sure that you're still pushing yourself to that muscular um, rep range, muscular failure with the last set. And then, you know, leaving one to three reps in reserve in the first and two and third set. But you know, if you're doing a back squat the first week, I think you should stick with the back squat. Second, third, if you really are bored, or for example, you know, your hips are really tight and you're really sore and your lower back's killing you, then do like a split squat maybe on the fourth week. But making sure, again, that you're just working to that muscular failure. So my summary of that, and try not to go on for too long here, would be try and pick four exercises, compound lifts, in a, in, in a workout, for example, you might want to do the back squat. And again, it depends how, if you train more frequently in the week, you have license to change more in the workout with regards to the end, like towards the end of it. But at the start, I think you should be like biased towards your four staple exercises. Not, okay, 
four, three, five, whatever, and then stick with them for four, four to five weeks and then you can change them after. But like I say, if you're feeling like, you know, a Romanian deadlift for hip hinge and you're like, okay, my lower back's a little bit sore, then you might want to change it to a, um, something which is, requires less um, pelvic control. So you might want to do a landmine Romanian deadlift. You know, the, the hip hinge principles are still the same, there's still resistance there, but a Romanian deadlift on a landmine where the bar's in the hole is a lot com more comfortable on the back than if you're holding the barbell, grazing it down your legs because the weight's closer to the center of mass. So don't get me wrong, you don't have to stick with it. It's like literally, if you're not feeling it, then changing it. That's what, you can either be too flexible or too fucking, like, you know, you know uh, like restricted to it. You know, oh, can't change it. Yes, you can. But there should be some sort of, um, uh, but yeah, like I said, biased or what's the word? Leeway. Yeah, leeway. There you go. Okay. But you still need to have those staple movements in to cover those muscle groups. Uh, in, in, in like, for example, if you've done a full body workout. And then, for example, at the end, you might want to do tricep push down uh, Monday one week. Next week, you might want to use the rope attachment instead of the flat bar. Or you might want to do some, you know, body weight dips on, on, the, on the handles. Um, yeah, that, that, that's what I'd go by. I think I, I like to change my, you know, just my isolation work up. Like you, you do as well, I think, mate, like your core exercises. You know, keep, keep them, you know, nice and sexy and just sort of, so you're covering all, all bases of your core. Yeah, that's an absolutely perfect answer. And I agree with absolutely everything there. Um, the... Yeah, like totally right that you keep the stable exercise or the staple exercises. Um, for example, like if you're doing a goblet squat, you know, you probably always want to keep that for like four to five weeks and try and progress with the weight. Whereas if you're going one week with a goblet squat, the next week with a split squat, the next week with leg extension, you know, you can't see progress there. But no. um, at least then you can tinker with those exercises so i do a lot of supersets in my workouts so i would do like a so, goblet squat and a plank together and then maybe the next week goblet squat and hollow hold or something you know so it's absolutely right that you can tinker so that's answered absolutely perfectly and i love what you say that the end the way you can you know do like you know your tricep extension you know kind of fun shit or areas that you kind of want to work on like yeah, and they make you feel good just getting yeah. that squeeze in your tricep or squeeze in your bicep. Like, you know, less taxing, you know, big, big, big reward. And just to follow on from that, mate, like, especially cardio at the end, fuck me, like, yeah, because if you're doing a bit of conditioning on the bike or the ropes, go fucking change that up. Like, you know, so that's yeah, I think we kind of spoke yeah. on that last week where, you know, leading to that, you know, get the heart rate up. So in the last five to 10 minutes of my sessions, it could be slams or head pushes or whatever. So, you know, you can throw in a bit of fun. So if you want to, if you want, if you're a, say a guy and you really want to work in your triceps, you know, why not throw in a load of tricep work for the last five to 10 minutes, you know? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Awesome. There uh, he is. Where you give your take on it, Dale. How are you keeping the maestro? Go on, boys. You all right? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm uh, marginally earlier than last week. Cheers. What's your... Sam Miguel. Say that again. San Miguel Glass. I doubt it's San Miguel in the... 
So oh, I'll be. Yeah. They've been riding over one and uh, one. Is it 150 year anniversary? They've been riding that for about three months now. What a! Yeah. I think we might have talked about this. I'm not sure, but what a selling point. I felt hook, line, and sinker in the co-op. I was there with like my milk and my whatever else I had with me, and then I turned to the end of the aisle, and there it was, staring at me. Just Four literally. cans, five pounds. Right, so, cool. Yeah. Have that as well. So yeah. <laughs> Close by. That's what business studies in school is, and that that was. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Um. Sorry, what was the question? Yes. Yeah, uh, so my question was just about for people who still want to progress in the gym, but feel like they don't want to stick to a really rigid uh, program for like five to six weeks. You know, maybe what are some of the things they could do to keep things interesting in the program? I think I heard some of Cobby's things here. I would say depends on the split of the person so as to whether they're doing like full body workouts or whatever. Um, but I'd probably say they were doing the full body workouts regularly through the week. I would pick three compound movements that are the same, that stay the same. So, I don't know, squat, dead, bench, or so, something like that, for example. And then probably manipulate the accessory exercises around that that still target the same areas and focus on progressing weight in the big lifts. Um, and then kind of enjoying yourself a little bit more with the Hollywood moves. I think you were talking about like buys and tries and stuff like that. Like who doesn't enjoy getting a little bit of a pump on at the end of a workout there? You can vary it. One day you can do pushdowns, kickbacks, mix it with some form of overhead movement for the tries. You can vary your grip for buys and stuff like that. Uh, you can mix up a shoulder press with a barbell, dumbbells, maybe an Arnold press, do some, I don't know, front raises, side raises. You can vary that using a cable, using a barbell, using dumbbells. Um, but you can't really vary a back squat, a deadlift or a bench press or, you know, a barbell press or something like that. So, yeah, unfortunately, those exercises probably do have to be the same and boring, but you can manipulate the other stuff around that. Just making sure you're still targeting the right areas and having the same movement patterns in there. So if you're focusing on, sounds very obvious, but like ladies who want to develop a backside, I probably wouldn't vary too much away from, say, a leg kill or an RDL. I wouldn't turn that into an arm exercise to vary it because – you're moving away from your goal. So you might just vary that whether it's a leg curl to, I don't know, swap that to an RDL or add a hip thrust to vary the type of hip thrust movement in there. But yeah, keep the boring stuff, the staple stuff, the same, vary the smaller movements is what I'd say. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Like none of us, including us, aren't powerlifters or bodybuilders or you know, people that have really specific lifting goals or, you know, muscle building goals. So that whole, yeah, progressive overload is important, but it's not just as important as if you had a really specific thing as that. So as long as you keep a few certain exercises really staple and you're progressing in terms of weight or reps or whatever with those, then you can have a little bit more leeway, as you said, Krabby. Uh, in terms of the other stuff that you do. Yeah, and I, just to give a little two pence as well, a great point from Dell. Um, it's just gone. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That, that message popped up in my corner and I looked at it and it just fucking, it's just roaming. 
Um, fucking hell. You're still thinking about yeah, Santa yeah, yeah, and the yeah, It was just the quote. So it's just that typical, you know, what gets measured gets improved. So the problem is, if you're always, you could get away with changing up all the time. The problem is, no one has the like mindset to do it. For example, you know, if you keep changing the hip hinge up, the, the weight dictating obviously what variation you do would, would dictate what weight you're doing. If you keep changing up and you're not knowing, you know, if you're doing progressive overload and you're going off of like how you feel, how many times have you like pushed yourself to feel because you had to get a rep? Whereas if you didn't know how many reps you need to get, then you probably would have fallen short, which is why it's important to, you know, keep that um, consistency with the exercise along with progressive overload because you're going to push yourself that much harder to get it rather than playing that guessing game where you think you're going to failure maybe on the last set, but you're probably not because you don't know. Because let's face it, the weight, the weight difference is what I say in between a Romanian deadlift and a landmine deadlift, no, completely different. Or a dumbbell Romanian deadlift, it's just completely different. So yeah, going off Dale said, it's best to keep it the same unless there's something there which you don't like. You know, maybe you're injured or something like that. Don't feel like you have to do it. But you need to be quite strict with it and then you can leave the fun as Dale said Hollywood stuff uh to the end yeah very well put and I like that James what you said with I think they're called global compound supersets where you do a a big like a deadlift or a squat and then a core that's quite fun like yeah I've done that a couple of times that's a great way yeah um yeah like I suppose like anything there's a happy medium like you can't switch it up all the time because um, you'll end up going from goblet squatting 4kg in week one to only being able to squat 4kg in week six. So if you keep yeah. changing it up all the time, whereas exactly. if you go the opposite end of it and you're just doing the same shit day in, day or week in, week out, then you'll end up getting bored and you probably won't go to the gym. So you do need to switch it up to keep things interesting, but you do need to keep uh, some sort of uh, staple into it um so i suppose the next question or did any of you guys have questions you wanted to touch on uh no just a certain topic but that they mentioned to be fair in the whatsapp group but we can save that for later yeah say maybe save that what yeah yeah we'll save that for later <laughs> you know what i'm so on about the Next topic, I kind of, or is there anything, any comments or anyone saying hello, actually, before we move on? No, we've got six quiet viewers tonight. Oh, it's quite, see, everyone's enjoying the sun. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? Exactly. That's it. All right. We're liven them up. To be honest, if we weren't on here, we'd be out in the sun too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, the next point or next question I kind of wanted to touch on was someone on Instagram had asked, and if someone is not going to a personal trainer or doesn't have an online coach or isn't even going to an exercise class and, and they still want to maybe get a bit of results. Now, obviously we think maybe that's not a good plan to go for because as the saying goes, you don't have any skin in the game and you don't have anyone pushing you or giving you support. But if someone wanted to try and give themselves some sort of accountability, what sort of things should they do? Uh, Dave. All right, nice one. Uh, right, 
context is kind of required here. Um, you know, I get it. Not everyone could probably afford to hire a PT and stuff. Um, yeah. But there does need to be some level of, account- of accountability. And I know that was the kind of question. So one thing you can do is make some public accountability. So what some people do now is they maybe start an Instagram page uh, and they say, uh, or Instagram account or whatever. Um, and they say, right, this is my goal. I'm going to share my journey with you. I'm going to post every day. Um, the end goal is this, the process goals are this, and I'm going to post on here so that I hold myself accountable. Um, and then obviously their followers will then see that and you're less likely to want to deviate from the plan and let your followers down or let yourself down in public. So that's one way of doing it. Um, but again, not knowing the, the context of it, one thing I know from areas in my life is, as you just said then, once you invest, it, you are a lot more accountable. So without knowing this situation of the individual, it's quite difficult. That's one example that I've kind of got in terms of public accountability. Other than that, you can make accountability to yourself, but as we all know, we all lie to ourselves very, very well um, and don't always follow through. It's easy to let yourself down, but it's harder to let somebody else down. So in some capacity, you need to create some accountability to somebody else. Um, and sometimes, as we've talked about, like sometimes even if you don't, if investing in that thing makes you slightly... Um, vulnerable maybe that's potentially a good thing because you're more likely to execute what you need to do um whereas if something's like one thing i think obviously like james smith is really popular and stuff but it's eight pounds to join his academy if i paid eight pounds for something I'm not sure i'd be that accountable to it because it's eight quid i don't really give a shit I don't miss eight quid do you know what i mean it's practically the price of netflix um, so I think there's something in putting yourself in a vulnerable position, um, to achieving something. And, you know, we've all, I'm not saying we've made ourselves vulnerable, but in terms of paying for the coaches and stuff that we've done, we do that quite regularly. Um, Krabby, I know you've got your own coach for your own training. So if people can get their head around the fact that actually I as a PT need someone because they need accountability. You, know, you could write, you could write your own program, but it doesn't mean you're going to do it. If you've got somebody to answer to, then you're more likely to do it. And interestingly, I am also doing that. Um, so when I start next week um, doing full-time PT, within a couple of weeks, two to three weeks, I'm going to be starting with someone that I know and he's going to program me. Um, because you, I, I need that. I need someone to answer to. You know, I'll get lessons on learning the piano i could probably watch some youtube videos and teach myself but if i don't have that appointment every week to go and do it i'm less likely to go on youtube and teach myself so i think yeah the example of public accountability is probably the the best shout but away from that it's too easy to lie to yourself in my opinion yeah that that's brilliant and it's a great point about the fact that we have invested in courses and actually a little story about what something happened today to me was so we've obviously invested quite a bit of money over the years into coaches and mostly business coaches and but last week i actually signed up to kind of like a course uh well it was a course another kind of business related course and 
like the investment isn't a lot like it works out at like 30 quid a week okay and you know which in terms of business coaching is not a lot no, uh, and i went on to my emails to look for something else i literally forgot i had signed up to the course because the investment isn't a lot like it's not a lot you know it's only cost me 30 euro so far um whereas if i had spent 300 euro and it was 300 euro a week you can be sure as hell i would not have forgot about that course it was only when i went back in my emails that i remembered about it now obviously as it would build up over the weeks obviously i would remember that 30 euro was coming out of my account that i wasn't using but it just hits home the point that when you invest, the more you invest, the more you will actually, you know, put the effort into it. Um, and I also think you made a great point there, Dale, about, I think it's commendable to Krabby that as a PT, he, he still signed up to, a, to a, an actual fitness, co- fitness coach himself or strength coach. It just shows how important that is that even a PT needs that like it needs the expertise of you know someone who obviously it's the accountability as well but obviously that coach has you know maybe more experience in whatever crabby is after and and it's the same with me with football training football trains on set nights you know you turn up and you know you pay your membership obviously it's not a lot but you still have to be there and and the minute football training is over, I'm going to be going back to probably boxing. You know, there's an investment there as well. So that's probably the best thing you can do. But in terms of other, you know, more free types of accountability that I recommend people could do would be to set up like fitness or Fitbit challenges with your friends. Does it work? Is there enough riding on it? Maybe you could put money on it or something like that to make it more interesting. Dangerous. But yeah, <laughs> but that <laughs> no, again, I it down to put to having more skin in the game, having that money, putting that investment into it. So, and um, would you rather not just you know pay for a coach or or something like that? But anyway, Krabby, give your two cents on that. Yeah, boys, both awesome uh, points. You pretty much covered exactly what I would have said. And if I was just to, like give a little bit extra, um, just go for what you just said. Uh, public accountability for me, whether you have a coach or not is imperative. You know, if someone comes to me and a client's telling me that the people around them aren't supporting their goals, then they're fucked. But I can hold them accountable, but I'm not with them the whole time. So if their spouse or their friends that they see all the time more than me, if not, you know, I don't see them at all, my clients, but you know, if if they're, if they're not being supported by the people that surround them, they, then they're really going to struggle. And the, Great point from Dale about, you know, the, the Facebook group or whatever, so that you can have more people help you in a less amount of time or give you more support or give, you know, even just if you said something, you got like a like or a comment from someone like what a massive e- like motivator and ego booster that is. Um, I think when we as coaches get comments on our content posts, I, I get a little bout of brilliant. I've helped someone, you know, if someone's complimenting me on losing weight. I'd be like, brilliant. So definitely, you know, getting that community feel and public accountability. Definitely. So your spouse needs to be on board the time 
And if they're like luring you into, you know, drinks every night or including food in the shopping that you don't want on there, or they're not, you know, helping you with your goals, then you're really going to struggle, like really going to struggle. It's just going to be more of a headache, more negative space and less adherence to the program, especially with friends that you see every weekend. If they're not on board with supporting your goals, because at the end of the day, and you, sometimes you need to maybe explain why you're doing it to these people, because people don't give a shit probably. They just want you to have a good time or they want you to make them feel good. Like some people actually don't give a shit about you. So unless you actually sit down and explain to your friends and spouse and everyone why you're doing something, then that, that's, that's, that's just as important as highlighting your why to yourself. Um, so yeah, public accountability, definitely. Um, and then, yeah, just to say about the coaching thing, if you were to tell me that I was going to have a PT, <laughs> I was going to be working, you know, programming my workouts in, well, four months ago, because I only decided to do it three months ago. Um, been watching him for, just like people watch our content, watching him for about a year, you know, seeing what he's about, seeing if I like him, seeing if he's got knowledge. And it was the best decision I've ever made. And I'll probably be with him for years, because just because he holds me accountable, he takes time away from me having to program my stuff. You know, every four weeks, five weeks, Krabby, here's your new program. You're going to do this this week. I check in with him. He goes, nice work, really good need to tweak that a little bit. You know, it's just like, even P us PTs like a little booster at, the, at some point. So when he tells I think you, as well, Cubby, I'm probably right in saying this, uh, you know, you appear obviously quite motivated on your stories and stuff, but it's, we still tell ourselves stories as well. And we still need calling out on our own bullshit. And I had a conversation with who I'm going to be working with. And I'm like, I'm saying stuff's coming out of my mouth. And I'm like, you sound like that client that doesn't implement anything. Like you sound like that guy or that girl. And I'm like, that tells me even more that I, I, I need you. Do you know what I mean? I really felt like I was in a consultation and I was like, yeah. oh shit, I yeah. really need to do something about what I'm doing right now. Cause my training recently hasn't been yeah. post lockdown. I haven't got back into things. And do you know what? Prior to that, it wasn't structured enough. So, you know, we tell ourselves stories about why we're not doing what we should be doing, but you need someone who's, not emotion you're emotionally attached to you and yeah. you'll tell yourself all the reasons why you can't do it but yeah. it's irrational at the end of the day you need someone who's objective to go come on yeah. in my case i need to say come on dickhead right this is what you're doing yeah it's external perspectives it's easy to get caught up in internal emotion like experiences and getting someone else to give their opinion you know for example if i wasn't working with angus I probably wouldn't be back squatting now, literally. And now I'm back squatting four times a week and I've never squatted more. I, I, I was living with like less back pain than before, but almost chronic back pain to a certain degree, waking up thinking it was a norm. And now he's got rid of it. And you know, and that's just like incredible. So to get that from a coach is, is priceless. And it's really not, it's not even that expensive. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I spend what I pay a week with him you know, easily in a, in a night and more. Yeah, it's just worth it. It's making me feel good. I'm living pain-free. Like, fuck me. Like, if that doesn't make you want to get a coach, because everyone's living in pain. People think they're not living in pain, whether it's physical or mental. You know, people are living with back pain, like, you know, we, like Angus was discussing. We're taught to have back pain as a norm at, at the age of 40. And it's like, no, shouldn't be the way. So, yeah, I think, you know, I think at the end of the day, account, um, public accountability, definitely a coach is just like fucking up here. Yeah, I think that uh, 
I think you kind of, I think you do, like, you do a lot of public accountability as well in terms of yourself because you put up a lot of your lists on Instagram. And I think that yeah. that's a big driver for you as well, which... Mate, when I hit, when I hit that PB, 60kg snatch, couldn't wait to upload that. Could not wait to upload that. That was fucking amazing. Getting comments from people saying, oh, you look like you wanted that. That was like my, that was like my goal from, from like a year ago to be able to do that. And I couldn't do that on my own. Like I, I just suck it up and thought, look, you've hit this point in your point with training where you're obviously not doing it right. And then I was like, I need to get someone else. And it's exactly like someone else with fat loss. They're going to hit a point where they get a result, but then they need that much more. They probably need a lot of tweaking to get the results they want. And then that's when they need a coach. And I think this chat is actually really interesting because I think we've gone full circle on it in terms of this person asked how they could create their own accountability. But at the end of the day, the investment that you make into a coach, and this is someone who probably won't sign up to our coach, and this is you know, someone who isn't around my area and probably won't sign up to my online coaching. But get a coach, like get someone to help you out if you want it that bad. And all those things that Krabby spoke about is such a good point in terms of the pain that you're in, like whether that's physical, as you mentioned about back pain or whatever. And most of us kind of work with people that maybe are suffering a little bit of physical in terms of carrying, you know, weight or whatever, or mental as well. Like I got a check-in form back recently from someone who said that they didn't have any bouts of anxiety for three months. Uh, since all that mate, that's, that's the transformation ever you know so like if if you're dealing with those issues signing up to a coach and you know if it is the more mental side of things you know going to a therapist or whatever like when you have that accountability and that skin in the game then it can make all the difference in the world and you look back at the way crowd is looking back working with angus and think god it's worth far more than what I'm actually paying. Whereas initially it probably felt like quite an investment. So yeah. it's, it's funny how it works. If you could go to just fast forward to the other end and yeah. see it from that perspective, it would, it yeah. would be such a difference. And people have to realize that, especially if you've been following someone for a while and you're like, God, this guy knows something, Like he's very knowledgeable, but I wouldn't have picked Angus if I knew he didn't know more than me. Like I knew for a fact he knew more than me and that he was going to help me. Like, I wouldn't pick someone that knew probably the same, if not less. Like, I only wanted to pick someone that knew more than me because, one, it's a specialist, obviously, thing, you know, weightlifting. I wanted a bit of strength, you know, strength and conditioning, sport and performance help as well. But when I had that consultation, he was like, he was like, no, 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 we can, we can, we can back squat this. Um, let me see you walk. I was like, fair enough. I've just come back from my ACL operation. I, got, I bought orthotics, apparently I've got a flat foot, which apparently it does look like a flat foot. Um, they cost me 50 quid, lost it in skiing, bought a new one, so 100 pound on, on orthotics. And he, and he was like, walk. And I went, okay. Walked away from the camera, walked back to the camera, he was like, you don't need that. But bearing in mind, this Brighton physio for Brighton Football Club told me to buy this. And uh, obviously I had to buy two, but I only needed fucking one. Jesus, <laughs> don't, do 20, don't do like half off for one. Uh, and he was like, you don't need it. I was like, what? He was like, you don't need it. I was like, yeah, yeah but I've got really flat feet. He's like, no, you don't. He's like, it's fine. It's got a bit of an arch. It'll be fine. Literally, I haven't worn it for like three months. I've had no problem with my feet. And you know that, and then you build a trust. 
And then if you, it's, like, it's just like, if you trust someone, like them, know they're more knowledgeable, know they're going to help you, then not to invest in them, in yourself, by investing in them, I think is pretty stupid. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think you've got to ask yourself the question, why not? Like, why... Yeah. Why are you asking that question, first of all? Um, the only reason not to would be potentially financial do you know what I mean if you're in a not in a, in a situation or a position to to do it but you know I, I say this all the time like if you're looking to get some work done in your house you hire a plumber to do a plumbing job you hire a uh, joiner to do a joinery job or whatever um, you can try and do it yourself you can try and decorate your house yourself but it's a fucking ball ache and it takes way longer than what it would do just to hire someone who knows what they're doing knows what how to obviously there's not accountability there as such, but you're paying someone who knows how to get you from A to B to get it done. And um, for me, it just makes sense. Um, so I think a question back to that uh, we have drawn this out, but a question back to that person would be, why would you not hire a coach for accountability? Because the, in my head, the only other way is public accountability. Whether it's like you mentioned, creating a Fitbit step challenge, when there's nothing resting on it are you going to do it um but there's not many other ways of creating that accountability is there because in a job environment when you work for someone the accountability is there because you need to keep the job so there's always that i suppose that financial implication there isn't there to do what you should be doing in in any walk of life and yeah your spouse or your friends could be there to support you but they're definitely not the people who will help you in terms of accountability. No. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, we've spiraled so much into this, but I think it's there's some really good take-homes for people. Um, and some, you know, I think lines that will make people think um, and make people question what they, you know, previously had thought in terms of how they should go about um, their fitness. But um, what I suppose I kind of had one more question that I wanted to touch on. It's kind of a really practical thing. And then we might get into another topic after that. And I think it's kind of relevant now because of how hot it is. Um, one of my clients is struggling badly with uh, their water intake and has been for <laughs> a number of weeks. Um, and in fairness to this lady, she's getting everything else right. Like she's getting a high step count and her uh, food is on point and all of the rest and doing her exercises. But uh, the water is something that she, you know, struggles with. So maybe if you guys want to, Crabby, uh, uh, do you want to maybe take that? What you think this person could do? Yeah, I'm losing about a pint a minute at the moment, mate. <laughs> My fucking gym is so... I, I drank a lot of water today, right? And I, I went oh, for... Still I went for My piss is still yellow. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. I went for a piss and it, it was still yellow. So um, the graphic. For you, yeah. for you people listening on the podcast... <laughs> I've just shown um, my AP. <laughs> yeah, I, I do need to say that. My workout today, mate... I honestly have never sweated so much. And I wasn't doing any harder work. It wasn't that much heavier weight. It was just literally, and I'm not a big sweater. It was just coming off of me. Like I'd sprinted a marathon at about 100 miles an hour. Um, 
Yeah. Um, my, I guess my two um, tools would be to increase water intake would be buy a durable water, water bottle. Um, you know, one that's not like, you can't see if you're listening to the podcast, but like a, just a see-through Volvic one that like gets battered up, turns brown, um, probably not great because you're leaving it in the sun all the time. Um, and it's just going warm. So I'd buy like, it's quite a trend now to buy those, I don't know what they're called to be fair, like those um, water bottles. They're like tin. Um, but like something that like, again, it's just like the more you pay for something, the more you're going to value it. So maybe spend 15, 20 quid on a water bottle that you take with you everywhere. I mean, I don't know this person's job. If this person sits at a desk, I'd get them to leave the water bottle there and I'd probably get them to set a reminder that goes off every hour to take a sip of water. I mean, you know, you could tell someone to take, take it with you everywhere you go, but they're probably going to forget. Um, so it's just about leaving it in a place where you know you're always going to go back to. But if you're at a desk, it's pretty simple. You leave the water bottle next to you. And unless you set an alarm, then you're probably always going to forget to drink. So set an alarm every single hour from the minute you start work. I always like to, I don't know about you boys, but I like to, to, to drink a pint of water before I start the day. But I have to drink, if I, especially if I'm having a coffee, I will literally fill up a pint of water and sip it while the coffee's pouring. So that's one way to get half a, half a litre in. You know, they're recommending three. Um, and yeah, then I guess just set my, yeah, my, my biggest one would be buy a durable water, water bottle and um, set an alarm every hour. Don't, and then the last thing you want to do, again, because sleep disruption is drink, you know, a pint and a half or two pints before you go to bed. That's like the worst thing to do because you end up going to get up twice. Again, like sleep disruption and all that. So yeah, try and get your water in the day as much as possible. Um, yeah, simplified. That's, that's it for me, really. Yeah. Yeah, the, the pint of water first thing in the morning is something I do and something I recommend clients do because um, there is already half a litre of water. Yeah. And, it's know. a small win. It's a small win. Yeah. I think of that as a small win, like hydration, bosh, done. Dale, anything more to add on that? Um, not really. I mean, I think Krabby covered most of it there. Setting the reminders, I think, is a nice idea. Having a... Um, specific bottle could probably help some people benefit from maybe having like a smaller 500 mil bottle and go okay i'm going to do four of them whilst i'm at work yeah do you know what i mean so i fill it up x amount of times rather than having a two liter one and trying to get through it um if if you don't um you know where attention goes energy first results will show etc so i know for example if i have a day where i don't take my water bottle or i forget it I can I can go a full day at work barely drinking any water. Then I get to the end of the day and I'm like, right, I'm going to fill up two pints and I'm going to drink it. And that's exactly what I'll do. That's not ideal. Um, and that's because I've not focused on what I should be doing. So I think having uh, some form of like routine or habit around how you do it is important. And being hydrated through the day is going to improve productivity, you know, better decisions, all the rest of it. Um, so having... St- However you do it, whether it's small bottle, big bottle, whatever, um, it's it's pretty important. You know, we're like seventy percent water or whatever, so it's it's pretty important that re- we remain hydrated. Um, as I say, you're going to feel better, you're going to be more productive. Um, so yeah, just 
I think it's an individual thing, but however you do it, it needs to work for you around what you can do. If you can't get up from your desk for eight hours, which I know some people can't right now because they're busy, then Krabby's Volvic one and a half litre bottle is probably a pretty good thing. But if you can get up and take breaks, maybe a smaller thing is better, set reminders. I need to have 500 mil by 10 o'clock, another one by 12, two, four. You've done two litres there. So, yeah, yeah I, think, I think that's what I'd do. You can even get those bottles that like have lines on the side of them that have like time. Yeah, yeah. It's looking at that and it's like, okay, better drink that. It's just a, like, it's a, yeah, like you said, it's being aware, being mindful. Yeah, those water bottles are pretty cool actually. You know, like they have 9 a.m., 10 a.m. They go all the way down and how much water you should have drank, drank um, at each of those times. So yeah, they're, they're pretty useful. I'll tell you what might also help, and this is literally just me going off of my own, this is not a study or anything. Those water bottles where you don't even have to do this, and for those of you who listen to the podcast where you have to tilt your head back, but you can just drink with it vertical and it, and you just suck it. Like a straw, yeah. Yeah, yeah, or those, no, like the rugby ones. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, mean. Yeah, um, yeah, even something like that, because you've got less movement, so it's just like, mm. it's just this. Effort. Subconsciously, maybe some people might drink more. Who knows? Could be right there. Um, and we're lazy these days. We're so lazy. I saw. I was thinking the other day. I saw someone obviously being beamers are now like or most car. A lot of cars are where you just like click the button to the boot shut. It's like fuck me. We're even, <laughs> we're even letting the boot shut itself. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I think um, a lot of people. It's like anything, it's a habit. Um, the, like I found I used to be really, really good at drinking water, like all the way through my teenage years and early 20s. I was always really good at drinking water. But the last few years, especially since I've went out on my own in terms of business, I've, because I'm not working eight-hour shifts, so in an eight-hour shift, you're always kind of sipping away at water, you know, nearly just wasting time more than anything. But... Um, so I find that since I've been working for myself, uh, my water has gone down considerably. And it's just a habit thing, definitely. And so if you really put effort into it for a while, I'm sure it will gradually increase and you'll get better at it um, as you go along. So, um, yeah, so just try your best. There's loads of useful info you can do or you can put into practice. Um, have we anything else that we want to touch on? Uh, I got nothing in the comments. Well, Lisa put, love the sharing about the Wii. What about the bowels with a smiley face? So, I mean, if anyone wants to share anything about that, feel free. But In what context? <laughs> How many times you should be going? Or? Swiftly move on from there. Um, there is the 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 just caressing my ego a little bit. Wendy and Lisa said. The, I was going to touch on more like. Couldn't do without me. Going back to the the coach thing, um, you know, again relating it to, and that's what James Smith said quite well when he did Olympic lifting. It's about the one percent changes. Like in, in Olympic lifting, it's literally like the most minute movement that makes the lift. But as the weight gets heavier, all, all form goes out the window. And like, or it could be just that one thing, like dropping your elbows on the dip. And it's something that I can't see. But if I send a video to him, then he does it for me. And it's like when clients come to us, we get them to tell our daily habit, their daily habits. 
And then we're like, right, right there, right there, you need to change that. And that's exactly what the coach does for me. And going to the, going, and then just, just lastly, this is what's going through my head, sorry, in these last five minutes. But again, you, people think they can't afford it. But I've had many friends who have, you know, gone to PTs who are charging £24 a month online. Well, it's online, but it's basically the PT is videoing themselves do a workout and sending the same workout to everyone. And that's it for £24 a month. And they're not getting results. But I've got one of their friends who's with me who's getting results. And they're like saying, oh, it's just the money. And then it's like, well, you're going, I know for a fact that those people are going on holiday three times this year or, or once this year. And it's like, where are your priorities at? You know, with, with your spending. Are you really saying that, you know, you're going to, you'll be on, you'll be on, you'll be on the streets if you invested in yourself. And I don't think that's the case for like 99% of people. I yeah. It's a big point. And, you know, you ask yourself what the better question is, what's the cost of not, what's the cost of not getting an expert to help you? Because exactly. if it's another three to four years of you being unconfident about your body and your fitness levels and your strength and everything else, uh, and potentially if it's higher level, if someone's potentially, you know, obese or morbidly obese, the cost of that is potentially diabetes type two or your life or, you know, heart disease down the line. So the cost of that is fucking huge. Um, and it far outweighs a couple of hundred quid a month or whatever it is. Um, yeah. Or it, sh it should do, you know, and also if you think about, right, who else is it going to pour more here, but who else does it impact around you? So if you're, if you're not in a good place, is that helping your partner? Is that helping your kids? Is that helping your family, etc.? How's it impacting your job? Like it's, yeah, you, instead, you let's go on a three, three grand, <clears throat> three grand holiday, which isn't doing anything. It'll go which in. A, the, yeah. Over in 10 days, in, over in 10 days. Brilliant. Back to square one. What the fuck did that do? Mm. No, great point there, Dale. Awesome. Sorry about backtracking there. <laughs> it's a, it's a big topic and it would probably require nearly a whole podcast episode in of itself. And it's definitely something we can we can do. But um, before we finish up, is there anything you guys want to touch on? Uh, anything you want to talk about, Dale? The only thing I got asked about was um, in between meals, feeling a little bit hungry, and what would be a good protein snack? Um, that's what I was asked earlier. So if anyone <laughs> wants to throw on that, snacks are always the most difficult to get. Protein. Yeah, I'm, 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 I advise people, if you need to snack, snack. I mean, I tried to get my clients not to snack because it's just, but if you need, but if it's, if it's there, again, my, my go-to snack is, um, it's worth well, two pieces of fruit and a, and a, and a protein shake, really. Um, you know, it's saturating, it's two of your five a day, hitting your protein targets is one of the hardest thing. Um, I mean, that, that's, that's mine if they have to, if, you know, if they have to snack, but you know, you know, I try and get them to, or, or low, if it, is it protein? Yeah, Dale. Yeah. So the question was, um, this person is just to give it more context. So this person, uh, can't really do dairy. Therefore whey protein shape wouldn't be ideal. Um, 
and things like you know things like that wouldn't be good. Uh, so yeah, snacking in between meals because they're hungry rather than snacking on something maybe carb dense or fat dense. How to help the protein intake? I'll tell you what's good is so vegan would be good, yeah. Yeah, so like a vegan protein blend or something, yeah. I don't, my, this is what my clients are going crazy for at the moment because my sister said this in one of my semi-private sessions that, I, we, I'm, you, you, know, you know, Ben Coomber's awesome supplements. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so he's meant to have a really, like, I haven't heard a bad review about his vegan protein. Like his chocolate salted fudge caramel, which sounds incredible to be fair, sounds better than even like standard whey protein. So all my clients are getting that at the moment. Um, my sister got a load of samples, so yeah, I'm quite biased just because it's simple. And if you, if you if you like the taste, then whey protein makes sense. But James might want to give something different. Um, yeah, well, obviously that person's a little bit different because they're uh, they can't deal with dairy. Other than like that, you know, I suppose you see stuff like. I don't know, like falafels or things like that, you know, that you could have as a snack. But I know if you made sure that your protein was really high in your main meals, you know, if you wanted to just go for fruit, I don't usually recommend it, but it's even for someone who likes dairy, it is difficult to get uh, yeah. a protein or a snack that is high in protein. Other than the likes of Greek yogurt, protein yeah. bars, uh, I mean, my, my, my snack when I'm out, and again, I don't know what this person's day is, but, and some people might not like this, but I, I haven't done it in a while, but I used to always go into the supermarket and buy the ready-cooked, marinated chicken chunks, you know, sweet chili, barbecue, garlic and herb. You know, it packs like 40 grams of protein. Yeah, I used to do that too, yeah. Um, used to smash them. If, if, you can, if, you can, if you can hold cold meat down your throat without throwing it back up but i like it i i, I quite yeah. like it i'm the same yeah i think yeah for me it's if you're looking to seek protein snacks it suggests that your meals aren't protein dense enough so if you're having and i had this conversation with the client the other day she was quite a new client she's like should i look into maybe like these protein balls and these and that and all these other things and i did an email about it um and actually, all we need to do is look at the basics and go, okay, cool. Is 100 grams of chicken enough for a meal? Could you have 150 grams and have 35 to 40 grams of protein per meal? Which means 35 over two meals is 70 grams. Have a protein shake is 90. You've only got 20 grams to find to hit, say, 110, which for a female is maybe where I'd have them, just over 100 mark. Um, so we can think about hacks and little snacks and things like that that are going to cost you more calorie cost you more calories or we can just say up your, your density of your protein and your meals make sure your breakfast is protein dense um and then you're on to a winner mate that's a that's a great point to be fair. yeah you've got to look at the, the bigger picture not what you know about snacks but what can they do in their meals um because it's, it's funny when a client sends me something maybe like with the chicken and it's like a few chunks of chicken i'm like what are you doing <laughs> you shove the whole breast in what are you doing um, and it's just like a good a good hack that i had to implement into meals is i mean i love cheese and i don't do this anymore but i used to because i'm having i'm on a high caloric um diet at the moment 
But if I was watching my calories, have you ever heard of eat lean cheese? Yeah. So like a good protein cheese that to be fair, if you were to cut a chunk off and you, and you, and you ate it, 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 would, it would taste, yeah, disgusting. That would be an understatement. Probably the texture's not there, but if you, were, if you love like, you know, melted cheese sandwich or cheese on jacket potato with something, like 100 grams of eat lean cheese is 30 grams of protein and three grams of fat compared to, um, I think it's something like uh, 20 odd or more 30 grams of fat for normal cheese. So like getting maybe a chunk of eat lean cheese and then a tiny bit of mature cheddar because the taste, the taste and texture for me, texture for me is everything as opposed to taste. You know, if I have the melted eat lean cheese, it actually tastes like I'm eating normal cheese. And if you put a bit of mature cheddar with that, then it's just going to heighten that sense of you're eating more cheese, but you're not having that extra calories, but you're having the, the extra protein. And that's, that's just literally one thing that I used to do, which I found quite well. Because uh, a, lot, a lot of people do like cheese. I think Ben Coomer's a big advocate of, um, of that as well, isn't he? Doesn't he promote that, I think? Right, actually. Yeah, yeah I did. Because uh, I haven't seen... He, yeah, 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 you're right. I saw it on his post ages ago because he doesn't pop up on my newsfeed now, but I remember that. You dropped my memory there. Awesome. That, that, that's it for me, yeah. Any more questions? Uh, I think that's it, buddy. Okay, we're good. I would love to go and get some food now, not to like say I don't want to spend any more time with you all. <laughs> yeah, 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 too yeah, I, well, yeah, I think we've done the guts of an hour here, so we definitely have... Um, have done enough, but uh, we're going to finish it there. Um, by the way, remember if you're up for an amazing seminar with loads of value, you're up for a good night out afterwards, and drink loads of beers with us, uh, and just have a real good time and meet a load of like minded people, then you're going to have to come to our seminar in March 2021 uh, in Birmingham. And we're going to drop the link below for the early bird tickets. We're closing. It's in. I've just done it as you're talking. Just done it. It's in already. So on the ball. Click the link. Make sure to get your ticket. There's going to be food as well, if that's going to tip you over the edge. Um, and it's just going to be awesome. And you definitely don't want to miss it. So uh, be sure to get those tickets. And we will see you in Birmingham in March. Um, before I finish up, Krabby, Dale, thanks for joining me on today's live. Thanks, man. No problem. Pleasure as always. Oh, and by the way, anyone who's watching, we've got some amazing guests lined up for the next few weeks. Uh, Krabby oh, is yeah, yeah. coming on next week. And we've got a world-renowned sleep coach uh, coming onto the podcast. Uh, we'll probably get that podcast up uh, not next week, but the following week. So um, keep an eye out for that. Yeah, that's definitely one not to miss. I'm really excited for this one. Definitely. Okay, we'll see you guys and chat to you next week. Bye, Thanks, guys. Dave.